I love wiffle ball. No other way to explain it. Just something about the game. The feel of the grass. Smacking that ball all over the field. Making plays. Diving head first, whatever it takes to get the job done. That's what wiffle ball means to me. Striking out grown men. Watching their knees buckle on a call third strike. Set out, bud. And then, of course, the home runs. The base hits. The big, big home runs at the big moments. That's a whiff of greatness. Join us all season long for the Joe Aguirre story, a CMG podcast. going on everybody it's the posting up podcast back here on this wonderful saturday as always big jason uh isaiah joining us here and um from a couple weeks ago chris is back for nba trade deadline recap chris welcome to the show thank you for having me yeah no problem voice jace say how we doing i know zay you said you weren't feeling too hot i feel the greatest but uh, i'm here here for the home team (laughs) hey it's your clue game Jordan did it. You need to do it. <laughs> Very nice. So, uh, wasting, wasting no time here. Uh, NBA trade deadline was the biggest it's been in years. Uh, I think ever, actually. 46 players were dealt on a record-breaking day. 23 teams made deals. Uh, Chris, since you're our guest, we'll start with you. Which one of these deals stands out to you the most? What, what deal do you think is going to make the most impact down the stretch? I think... Uh, Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets is probably going to make the biggest impact. I think that the Nuggets have looked good. Jokic is he's my front runner for MVP right now. Um, I think one of the biggest things that was holding them back, though, at this point in the season is that hole that Jeremy Grant left, that just athletic four that can defend multiple positions, make up for what Jokic can't do defensively, run the floor and finish, but also be able to stretch the floor and shoot. Um, I think Aaron Gordon is going to fit into that role perfectly. And um, Gary Harris also, too, he he wasn't really doing too much for them. They have enough wing depth to be able to get through it. Um, and I think they have uh, a slot open on their team, if I'm not mistaken, uh, for the buyout market. So um, I think the Nuggets, this trade makes the Nuggets a lot better. And I think they got Aaron Gordon at a really solid value as well. Isaiah, what what trade do you think made the most in, or is going to make the most impact down the stretch? I think the Bulls actually. Uh, I think when they um, <clears throat> excuse me, when they traded for um, Vucevic was a huge move for them. I think that really makes their team really competitive in a very competitive East. You add him with Kobe White, 
uh, Zach Levine, um, marketing players like that, they're going to be a really tough team to beat or at least give, you know, some team a tough four games in the playoffs if they can make that playoff push. But I think that move right there was huge for the Bulls. It makes them relevant again. Yeah, you know, the Bulls, um, with the play-in this year, everything's different. So you never know if they could squeeze in and then give a team towards the top whether hopefully it wouldn't be the 76ers um, or the Bucks or the Nets or something like that. Give them a, a tough first round, kind of tire them out. I always mention, you know, a lot of these teams down towards the bottom of the standings aren't always going to make that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, aren't always going to make that championship run. But they, they can they can certainly play a role in tiring a lot of these top teams out. Um, Jace, you got a trade that uh, stood out to you that happened on Thursday? Uh, the one, I mean, it didn't make, I don't think it's going to make that big of an impact, but the one that stood out to me the most was Rondo and Lou Williams. That trade, because that, I'm still scratching my head over. What did the Clippers see? Like, I, I guess I can understand, like, Philly doing something like that because of the Doc Rivers thing. But what do the Clippers got? Like, I don't see what they see in Rondo and how that's going to benefit them in the long run, especially, like, Lou Williams. He's a former sixth man of the year. Like, he's a solid player. And two future – I know they're second-round picks, but still, that's still assets for Rondo. Like, I, I'm still – Scratching my head, and I don't know if that's going to pay off for them or not. You know, and and that was the trade I was going to do, but for a completely opposite reason. Um, while Rondo, you know, the stats don't jump out at you. You know, four four points a game, three and a half assists. I think the role he played um, in the Lakers championship run last season is something you really can't put on a box score, uh, and that's something that you saw the Clippers uh, get bounced in the second round last year. I think they lacked a uh, certain discipline, uh, you know, down the stretch. They didn't really know how to close out games. I think having a game manager like Rajon Rondo in there is going to be a good thing for them. While I don't believe getting rid of Lou Will was the right way to go about acquiring Rajon Rondo, I don't think it'll hurt them as much as a lot of people are thinking it will. I think Rajon Rondo is, um, he's a very, he's a, I don't know how to put this. He's, He's like a he's a leader, and I think that's what the Clippers need. I mean, I mean, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George obviously are are two very good basketball players, but Pat Beverly um, isn't the best in my book. So I think Rajon Rondo is really going to help them down the stretch in those playoffs. Yeah, it gives them that pure point guard that they actually need that they've been looking for. I think you yeah you lose the points there when you trade Lou Will, but between uh, between um Leonard and uh, Paul George, you should be able to make up enough points. So. I don't think it should hurt them that bad. I agree with you. I think the addition of Rondo would actually make this team better as opposed to hurting them. Yeah. I think I think they had enough wing depth to be able to part with Lou Will. And uh, like uh, Zay just said, like they needed that true point guard. I remember we were talking about it last time I was on the pod, and uh, we were talking about how Bradley Beal might go there. And I was just saying I think they needed a guy like Lonzo or like Eric Bledsoe just to – Maybe not Eric Bledsoe, but just like a true point guard to be able to facilitate that offense. And I think Rondo's going to do a good job. But I do agree uh, with you, Jace, that it it makes me want to scratch my head a little bit just because of the like how much they gave up in order to get him. Because I thought I thought Rondo would be dirt cheap at the trade deadline. Like he hasn't he hasn't worked out for the Hawks. Like he hasn't been doing anything for their team. And um, Lou Will he's got value. I mean, he's still putting up points. Yeah, Lou. I mean, Lou Williams is a very talented player, and 
while he might not um, have the greatest impact on the Hawks because they're not they're not that team that's going to make that playoff push this year. They're still a, a year or two away from their full potential breaking out, and they still don't know what they're going to do with uh, what's his face down there, John Collins. Yeah. So, they, <laughs> I don't, you know, hey, I don't think they should trade him, but I guess things just aren't working out. Um, obviously, they have uh, players like Clint Capella and Onyeka Agunku, who I think is a very um, up and up on the rise, especially on the defensive end. He's a I, real talented player. Yeah, I think that he can make a major difference for that team if given the chance. So, I'd say if they were the Hawks, it's not working out down there. Get what you can for John Collins because I think you get a pretty sweet package for him. He had a great game last night. I saw that. Um, and then I want to throw another question in here before we go to our uh, our game break. I wanna I wanna know was there? I know Jay said that the Rondo trade didn't really make sense to him. So I'll start with you, Isaiah. Um, what trade did you see that really did not make a lot of sense to you on Thursday? I'm gonna save that for our next topic. You could skip me. I think that falls <laughs> along our next topic. So all right, all right. I'll rather not that. be repetitive. <laughs> I'll save that for you. Um, talking about the Knicks, Chris. Any moves you saw that didn't make too much sense to you? I'm gonna be honest. The the Vucevic trade just didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Like, <laughs> if I'm the Bulls, and like I have. A young like I have Patrick Williams and I have Kobe White. Lori Markinen, I don't really see a great future with unless if they think so, then great, bring them back in restricted free agency. But they're not that competitive right now, and there is a chance that they don't make the playoffs. So they potentially just gave up a lottery pick, a talented young player in Wendell Carter, another future first round pick. And um, who else did they give up in that trade? It wasn't, I don't think it was anything too important. Otto Porter. Oh, Otto Porter, who was a cheap rental. So they give up Wendell Carter, a young asset, and then two future first-round picks for a guy who's going to be on the wrong side of 30. And don't get me wrong, Vucevic is an extremely talented player. He's an all-star. I think he's a star in this league. But I just don't think giving up future draft assets for someone who's not going to make you that competitive in the Eastern Conference is worth it. You know what I mean? I'm a firm believer in tanking. And I think they should have gotten rid of Zach Levine at the deadline. If they could have, the price tag would have been extremely high, and they got to hit the reset button. We'll see, we'll see what happens, though. I could be wrong, but that trade just made me think. I'm like, I don't know like what the Bulls are doing. I don't know how competitive they think they can really be. Yeah, and, you know, I think that, that the Vucevic, where he should have gone is a situation where the team is ready to win win now. I think he's the, the type of player, like you said, Chris, he's approaching the uh, the wrong end of 30. And like you said, he's a very talented player. He's, he's extremely talented. He's made his first two all-star games uh, these past two seasons. And um, I, I just think that he could have went somewhere to made more of an impact. You know, God, for uh, you never know. He can prove us wrong. He can make us sound like a bunch of idiots. And Yeah, if they go to the Eastern Conference Finals, then like <laughs> – I right. guess I'm wrong, but I just don't see it happening. The truth is you never know in uh, in anything, it really, in life. So I guess that's uh, we'll just leave that up to fate and see what happens there. I think it actually works. I, I do not like that. I, I like the idea of him going there. I think when you when you have a year when you have, like you said, you have a plan, I think you got to give everything a chance and, you know, give your fan base something to look forward to, I guess. The team hasn't been great in years since, like, the Derrick Rose years. 
So give them something to look forward to. Maybe they make that push to that play-in, and maybe they get into the playoffs. But, you know, I think it's worth the shot. I mean, if you don't have a plan, I mean, you got to take a shot. You got to do something. So if it works, that works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, what can we do? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's definitely true from the fan point of view. Um, yeah, they got to be happy. Yeah, they got to have something to look forward to. So it made more sense to me than Victor Oladipo going to Miami. I just don't see that. Trade. Oh, I love that trade. I, I didn't look that at all. I, I thought Victor Oladipo doesn't fit the, the play style down there, but I, I hope it works out. Chris, uh, now that you bring that up, tell me why you like that trade so much. I really like that trade to Miami because when you really think about it, they didn't give up much at all. Like they gave up Kelly Olynyk, and losing Kelly Olynyk isn't going to hurt at all if they get Lamarcus Aldridge and uh, buyout. Or in, um, sorry, yeah. uh, after the buyout, which I think will happen. He's been heavily linked there. And just think about like you say, like he doesn't really fit like uh, Miami's mo, and I, I, I think it's quite the opposite. No disrespect, I think. Miami loves guys who are like gym rats, athletic freaks, who can play really solid defense. And he's another facilitator for him. He's not like a true point guard. He's not a point guard, but he can he can bring the ball up the floor and he can facilitate an offense. He did it in Indiana. He did it um, a little bit in OKC. Um, and he did it in Orlando when he was there. So I think it's going to work out really good. He's a they needed another bucket. Although Bradley Beal would have been amazing, if you get Victor Oladipo for a, for draft pick swaps, I mean, they basically stole him. You know what I mean? I think he's going to help them a lot down the stretch too. Like think of their end game lineup. You can put Dragic or Harrow with Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, Bam, and then I'm going to say Lamarcus Aldridge because I think he's going to be a Miami Heat by the end of next week. But that's that's a tough team to beat. Uh, so, <laughs> it's a huge prediction. Jace, yeah. um, obviously Chris and uh, Zay are kind of split on this, so I kind of want to get you to break the tie somewhat <laughs> here. What do you think of Oladipo's move to Miami? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm more so on Chris's side. I don't know, but I, I, I feel I, I like it. I like it for Oladipo because he does have a lot of injury history and they do have a lot of depth at that wing. So, I mean, uh, at that position. So they can, so he won't be, like, too stressed to play a, a ton of minutes, obviously. And he – I like the point Chris made. I, I like that point. He was kind of like a point guard in Orlando, and he did kind of bring that facilitation. And – but that is the one thing I wish they – I wish – Miami would have gone out and got like a Kyle Lowry because I think that might have it benefited them a little bit better. But I'm not mad at it. I, I like it, but I think they could have done better. Who's explaining that to Gorgon Dragic that they're bringing in Kyle Lowry? Oh, Dragic would be gone. He'd be in that trade. <laughs> He'd have to be. That's true. For money reasons, um, there's no other way to get it done. I mean, he carries a heavy price tag. I don't know. That's. That is true. Um, so we'll get to our first game break, tell you guys some uh, games we're looking forward to coming up on the NBA schedule uh, before we get back into some trade deadline talk. Uh, but we'll run you guys an ad from Clovercrest Media first. 
Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. All right, so NBA basketball outside of the trade deadline in the all-star game. I feel like that's all we've talked about recently is still happening. Uh, so Jace, I'm going to start with you. You got a game coming up soon that you're looking forward to watching. All right. I think, thank you very much for starting with me. Cause then this one makes it easy. I'm going to go uh, Milwaukee and uh, the Clippers. Uh, I, I like, I love seeing, I, I like seeing, I, I think the Clippers match up very well with Milwaukee because they can, like it's, I feel like they are the best suited to stop Giannis because you can throw both Kawhi and Paul George on him to just show him different mix, different uh looks, and have him figure that out. But uh, and I'm excited to see uh them go at it. Uh, you love, uh, I know you you talk about it all the time, Lucas, when when uh across divisions. It's, I mean, across conferences, they only play twice a year. So it's very, uh, it's always an interesting matchup when they do meet. So I'm very, very intrigued to uh, see uh, see that go down on NBA TV. But, uh, Zay, what, what game are you looking forward to? <laughs> Probably going to be a little biased here. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'll start at a 76ers Clippers game. I am interested in seeing the, uh, the Knicks play this um, Milwaukee Bucks tonight. The Knicks actually have been playing the top teams in the East the last couple of games. They played the 76ers twice, and they played the Brooklyn Nets, and they came down to the wire each game. So I'm interested to see how they do against Milwaukee, who was another top team the last time they played them. Milwaukee ended up running them out the building. So I'm interested to see how they do tonight against them with, you know, a couple of tough games under their belt, see how they do in this game. Who you got, Chris? Um, I was going to say the same game as you. Um, I'm – I'm really looking forward to the um, Philly uh, Clippers game. Uh, I'm really excited to see uh, just how the Clippers are able to handle um, the Sixers. And I'm really excited to see how the Sixers can really play against a competitive team without Embiid. Um, But looking a little bit into the future, uh, I'm really excited. Uh, April 6th on Tuesday, my Celtics are going up against Lucas's uh, Sixers, and I'm really excited to see that game because both rosters are going to be complete after like buyouts and uh, trade deadline and everything. And I'm really excited for that matchup. <clears throat> yeah. So, and I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think Joel Embiid will be back for that game. So, I hope not. <clears throat> uh, uh, from the basketball <laughs> analyst side of myself, I'd like to see <clears throat> how the Celtics differ in a game plan against uh, the Sixers without Joel Embiid in the lineup. Uh, obviously, he's absolutely killed you guys all here in the two matchups. Yeah. He's he's scoring forty points a game, so um, I think that team enjoys it. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that'd be um, that's that's a great matchup. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm excited to see the different looks that the Celtics give the Sixers um, because in the in the past two matchups with Embiid, it's just been domination. And um, but the game I'm looking forward to, I'm glad we're all looking forward to watching some 76ers basketball. So, uh, 
Uh, my game is on Tuesday. Uh, so, uh, the Sixers are still on their road trip. They'll be taking on the Denver Nuggets. Hopefully Aaron Gordon will be making his debut by then. I'd like to see that. I think that if I had to make an honest guess for that game, I think the Nuggets are probably going to steamroll us without Joel Embiid. I think um, – oh, what was I going to say? I think that Jokic is going to have a field day without um, – Without Joel Embiid in the lineup, and and I, I just think that he's going to dominate us, and especially if Gordon's playing too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, especially if Gordon's playing. Um, but like I said, you never know. Um, Sixers are eight and eight and one without Joel Embiid, which is fantastic. I think that's that's great. But like Chris said, you know, it's gonna gonna be interesting to see the Sixers start to play some more more competitive teams, teams towards the top the top of the standings in the NBA. So. That will be interesting to see. Uh, getting into our next topic, and Isaiah, I know you were you were laughing about this before. Uh, you know, I'm a Sixers fan. Chris is a Celtics fan, um, and Isaiah is a Knicks fan. I don't believe the Jazz made any moves, did they, Jace? Well, Matt Thomas, whoever the hell that is. <laughs> He's a hey, just, a, just I was going to say, just another just another three point shooter for you guys. Uh, all the three point shooters you have, um, Isaiah. I just so seeing your face last segment. I just I got to start with you. What are your takes on the Knicks trade deadline day moves? I uh, I felt like if the Knicks weren't going to make a move to improve the team, I don't think they should have made a move. I feel like I like the team the way it was. Uh, I feel like making that trade didn't benefit us, and I feel like we gave away someone who's actually a pretty good player. He doesn't get much time on the um, on the court, obviously, because. Our coach keeps such a tight, uh, tight knit lineup that he runs. But I do believe that Ingus Brazingis, Ingus Brazingis, is a very good shooter. He was averaging about twenty points in the D League. He's a really good defender, and I just think he's someone who needed time to play. So I think trading him to the 76ers made him better, and I think we didn't improve at all from the trade. So it, it, it really bugged me. I just think it was a move the Knicks shouldn't have made. I think if they weren't going to make a move for Lonzo, I think they should have just stayed as is. And and kept moving forward with the team, but at this point, I guess it is what it is. We lost a, I guess, a really good future player, in my opinion. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell me about? Uh, I know you have some opinions on this too. Um, why don't you tell yeah. me about your your Celtics look on the uh, trade deadline? Yeah. Well, first, I want to touch on the Knicks real quick. Uh, that I agree with Zay. Uh, that's a tough player to give up. But one <laughs> thing I will. Say, the fact that they didn't go all in because the Knicks, like I think, should have done. I think they prioritize their future more than right now because they do have a bright future uh, with Mitchell Robinson, um, Emmanuel Quick, Obi Toppin, and even Julius still young. Um, back to the Celtics. Um, I wasn't when I first heard the news about getting Evan Fournier. I was pretty angry because uh, that's seventeen million. We had the biggest. We had the biggest trade exception of all time in $28.5 million. And with that, I'm really hoping, I was really hoping to be able to get a star player, a star center like Vucevic, or even a guy like Miles Turner, who's really going to help our team succeed. Someone who can play the five, who's actually seven feet, get rebounds, block shots, and even knock, knock down shots. Um, Evan Fournier is definitely going to help. If we don't bring him back in free agency this year, it's really going to hurt because it's we're going to let him walk for nothing. Um, but from a value standpoint, 
for only two second round picks. It's a great trade. It's a really good trade. Um, I'm happy that we did get some wing depth, um, but I will say losing Daniel Tice is tough. I know why we had to do it. We needed to get under the luxury tax, but losing Daniel Tice is going to be tough. He's he's someone who is really vital to our team. He can defend multiple positions. He does get dunked on sometimes, but he he's a solid player. You know what I mean? He's been stretching the floor really well this year. Um, he's been defending well, and I just don't know what Mo Wagner is going to do for our team. I really don't. But, um, Jace, what did you think of the Jazz? Oh, well, I, I already said like, I don't give a crap about the Jazz, what they did. But, actually, I, I do want to piggyback off your Celtics because I do like that Mo Wagner trade a lot. I, I like I like how mm. young the Celtics are. Like, I, they have some solid – they have really good young pieces like we've seen with Tatum and Jalen Brown, but also around them, they have some solid pieces that I think can develop to be – Excellent role players. So I I, I see in the future, I, I think the future is very, very bright for the Celtics. And if they can keep these young guys, I, I think they just need like a superstar. And they can be a legit threat. What's wrong with that, Zay? You're muted, first off. <laughs> Jason Tatum to you is, is not a superstar, guys. No, like – they not yet, not yet, not a legit superstar. They need yes. a big man. They didn't go out and get a big man. This team needs a big man. They haven't had a good big man since Kevin Garnett. They need another good big man. It's it's horrible what they have. I'm, I'm lying, actually. I think they had um what you call it last year from Al, was it Al Horford? Al Horford, yeah, yeah. They had Al Horford last yeah, year, so yeah, so. I, they need a big man. They haven't replaced Al Horford. They need the big man. They have their star player. It's Jason Tatum. It's Jalen Brown. They just need a big man. It's simple as that. They didn't go out and do their job, and their team is going to suffer for it. It's, you you can't compete against teams in the East. Yeah. We about Philly has – they have um, Embiid. The Knicks have uh, – uh, excuse me. Oh, my God. Why is my brain doing this to me? <laughs> Mitchell Robinson. These are certified big men. You need big men in this league. You're not going to wait. You can't put Mitchell Robinson and Joel Embiid in the same breath, brother. Why not? Sorry. Why can't I not? Because Joel Embiid's an actual MVP candidate. Mitchell Robinson is coming off of injury, and he's still playing some of the best ball he's ever played. Stop it. Mitchell Robinson didn't he lead the he's league definitely last year? Solid. Full goal percentage last year. He's a solid big man. He led the league in blocks, I believe, also last year too. Don't disrespect my man. Don't disrespect. <laughs> don't, don't disrespect Lucas's <laughs> he man. He doesn't, he doesn't get to be in the same sentence. He's, he's young. Robinson. That's what happens. You don't get the respect in the league until you become an all star. Julius Randle wasn't getting the, the, the calls he's getting now. He wasn't getting in the beginning of the season. Like it, it wasn't until he became an all-star caliber player that he's getting all these calls. It, it doesn't, you know, once Mitchell Robinson turns that corner, he'll get those calls too. Maybe he'll be an MVP candidate. But don't disrespect Mitchell Robinson. Oh, Come on. oh don't. Oh, not. <laughs> You're doing good until you said Mitchell Robinson's about to be an MVP candidate one day. I was with you, man. I can see I was, it one Man, he, bro. Optimism, bro. I gotta be optimistic. There's no doubt. He needs to develop an offensive game to be able to be a next. 
Yeah. He needs to be his own shot. Because at this point, a lot finisher, a solid defender. Yeah, no, no. All jokes aside, I, I, all jokes aside, I do believe he is a solid player. And I do believe he will be an all-star caliber player, not a superstar or an MVP caliber player. But as, for the Celtics, they need a big man if they look to want to compete. Every team in the league has a big man, whether it's Bam Adebayo or Joel Embiid. You need a big man to compete in this league. Anthony Davis in the West. You need a big man. Oh, I mean, that's hundred percent right. The big man's so important. <clears throat> I was trust me. I was giving all the Celtics fans, including Chris, the business on uh, Thursday for not acquiring a big man. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, the Sixers, right? And their trade deadline. Um, so, believe it or not, I'm kind of happy with the acquisition of George Hill. I, I think we gave up, you know, basically nothing for him. He's a solid role player, solid veteran. He's a good three point shooter. And then on the Kyle Lowry front, I know we were. Sort of, uh, you know, running the the uh, headline for that with the Lakers and the Heat. But in the at the end of the day, I'm happy we held on to our pieces because, to be honest, we're thirteen, not thirteen and three, um, thirty two and thirteen right now. I don't think we needed to make any, um, excuse me, any drastic changes to the lineup, uh, anything to kind of stir up the chemistry we got going on. Um, I think we're in a good place. You know, will it come back to bite us later in the season? That's only for us to find out later in the season. So I, uh, I, I like the move for George Hill. I like keeping all of our guys uh, kind of close knit. Uh, so that that's my take on the Sixers trade deadline. Um, and like like you said, Jace, there really was nothing for you. So you touched on everyone's everyone's team there. But, um, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. If your team doesn't make a move, that's a good thing. <laughs> right. All right. We're gonna get. You don't need to make a move when you're doing this well. That's true. Hey, best in the East. Let's go. Uh, anyways, and, and our, me and Jace, look at us at the oh. top of the screen because our teams are at the top <laughs> of their conferences. <laughs> Oh, we're gonna need to push that next time I'm on. I can't wait to stick around the playoffs if both your teams aren't in it. I can't wait. I, I seriously can't wait. All right. Uh we'll get right into our third topic of the day. There will be no second game break today. Uh um, and then after this ad from Clovercrest Media, we'll get right into our third topic. The Cross and Wrestling Entertainment Podcast presented by Clovercrest Media is what UAW fans have been looking for. Noah Cross and Tyler Bard give their take on every week's episode of Dynamite. If you are a massive AEW fan, then it is time to join us every Sunday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Stay Crossum. All right, so nothing really going on too much. Uh, we usually cover some injuries during our second game break. Only real injuries going on are ones we already know about. LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis. Um, obviously a problem being out for their teams, but nothing too big to cover. We know the story with that, so we'll get right into our third topic here. Uh, on the buyout market, there are two huge names, one of them being Andre Drummond and one of them being LaMarcus Aldridge. Chris talked a little bit about Aldridge earlier in the show. Um, Chris, I'll start with you here. Um, I know you've I know you mentioned the heat for LaMarcus Aldridge, so I'll just ask you about Andre Drummond. I know one place you'd want him to go. Uh, realistically, where do you see Andre Drummond uh, signing with? I mean, realistically, I see him – I see two teams – uh, I see the Lakers and I see the Celtics. Those have been the two teams that are the most linked to him. 
Um, when it comes to the Lakers, with LeBron and AD being out, and the fact that they already have Trez and Marcus Gasol, I don't see him getting the role that he would need to be able to make a biggest impact. Um, I see, honestly, like being completely unbiased, a little biased. Um, I see him going to the Celtics. Um, he's going to be going closer to home. He's from Connecticut. Um, he's He'd get a solid role, and he's going to fill an extreme void that, like Zay was talking about, we need a big man. We need somebody to rebound the ball. There's too many possessions we have where we're playing really good defense and we don't just come we just don't come away with the board. And because of that, that's why we're below 500 right now. And I really think that Andre Drummond is his best fit and where he would make the biggest impact would be with the Boston Celtics. Nice. I, I mean, I'm not saying I don't agree with that. I think the Celtics definitely need a big man. It's just whether or not that um they can actually pull off the deal to bring Andre Drummond in. I don't think necessarily it should be hard for them, but <clears throat> at the same time, some of the teams where it seems to make so much sense for a player to go to, they end up not going half the time. So we'll see, yeah. <clears throat> we'll see what happens with that. Um, Isaiah, two of these players, uh, they're free agents now. Um, go Andre Drummond first, then go LaMarcus Aldridge. Where do you see these guys making the most impact? I'm actually going to go in reverse because I think I'm going to break Chris's heart. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go LaMarcus Aldridge. And I, honestly, I would love for LaMarcus Aldridge to play in Portland. I would love to see him go play in Portland. I think Damian Lillard needs that reliable big man. I think it's about time. I think C.J. McCullough has been great for him, but he needs that 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 guy that's going to get the big blocks, the rebounds, the extra – that, that, that extra possession for him, he needs that big-time star big man. And I think LaMarcus Aldridge should be that guy for him. But obviously, I don't know how the finances are going to work. I don't know where LaMarcus Aldridge's heart is. That's just where I would want to see him go. As far as Andre Drummond it goes, it's going to sound biased. <laughs> hearing, not, and, 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 this is just, and I'm hearing through the grapevine. That it's possible that he might be with the Knicks about a four-year, seventy-two million dollar deal. I'm hearing through the grapevine that it, because the Knicks have the money leverage that most teams don't. So I'm hearing that they're the front runners up to get him. I don't know if it's going to happen. Would I love to see it? Sure. I think again we'd have that uh, that superstar, all-star type of presence that we need. Well, I think Randall is becoming one. I think Drummond is already one, and I think he would definitely elevate our team. So obviously, I hope it goes down. I hope that the tweets keep coming in that well, you know, with all the positivity. But that's just my take on. It. I'd love to see him there. Zay, is this the same uh, grapevine that you sent me, uh, Lucas and Sean, saying that Lamarcus Aldridge? No, that was, was going to Facebook start his first game. For that was the... a Facebook post that was circulating. I sent you guys what I saw on Facebook. I was like, I couldn't <laughs> believe this. I we got a text. We got a text on um last I think it was last Friday or Saturday saying that Lamarcus Aldridge was going to make his Nets debut on Sunday so and that didn't happen so you never know who thank, Isaiah. Thank what Isaiah. God it didn't. It was. that's that's a real Twitter. That's not me. They're, they're saying Knicks have the money leverage in the situation. That's all I'm hearing. All right, all right, uh, Jace. Well. Uh, Start with whoever you want. Two guys here who obviously can make an impact for a playoff team. Where do you see them going and having the most impact? 
I, I since since everyone's being biased, I'm gonna be a little biased as well. I, I would love to see Lamarcus Aldridge on the Jazz because <laughs> think about it, him as the four. He, you got Gobert, who's the great, who's one of the best uh, defensive, one of the best. Uh, <laughs> what was where? Uh, what uh, best defensive centers in the league right now? But the, the problem is, is the problem with the the Jazz are doing very well shooting, but they're not doing very well. With, they don't have that one post player. They don't have that guy they can kick it into and get a basket in the post. Derek Favors, he's all right at it. He's not the best, but I think Lamarcus Aldridge can give you that. And then, uh, and then it, when you do that, you can have guys collapsing on Lamarcus Aldridge, get guys open, make even more threes. So I think it works out very well. Is it going to happen? Probably not. I'd love to see it happen. It won't. But I'm saying it would work out, and he'd have a lot of success there. Andre Drummond, I would love to see him it, it, closer to home. Uh, it, with the Celtics, I think that just makes sense. I mean, uh, I got a little Andre Drummond story for you. I played AAU basketball against CBC, which was his team, and I got dunked on by him. <laughs> Chris Dunn was was the point guard who alley-ooped it to him. So, yeah. yeah. So, th- that's my that's my claim to fame with Andre Drummond. But, no, yeah, it has to be the Celtics. <laughs> Bro, I got dunked on by a wall of shame. Don't take that. That's a claim with your wall of shame. How many NBA players have you been dunked on, Zay? Uh, none, and thank God. Oh, <laughs> All right. That's uh, painful. No, but I, I do – I honestly think something crazy is going to happen and one of these guys is going to end up on the Nets, to be quite honest with you. I can see that happening. Disgusting. Yeah, me too. I just Why not take the oh, easy way out? Kevin Durant does it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Yeesh. obviously, Andre Drummond for me, it'll be – Stupid for the Celtics not to do everything they can to bring Andre Drummond in. I think they need to do everything in their power to make that happen. Uh, Obviously, that's not a clear-cut route to a championship if that's what he's chasing. And in that case, I believe if that's his mindset, he'll sign with either um, Brooklyn or the LA Lakers, which I'd hate to see. I love the parody in the league and, you know, just the basketball fan in me sees the Celtics needing a role filled and having a player who's a free agent um, that could easily fill that role to a borderline elite level um, would kind of just make the basketball fan in me happy. Not the Sixers fan in me happy, but the basketball fan in me would certainly be relieved. Um, and LaMarcus Aldridge, as far as he goes, I think he can make an impact anywhere he goes. I uh, I think he will sign with the Heat, but I, I think he can make an impact. Like Isaiah said, you know, that's not being talked about. Uh, he can make an impact in Portland. Uh, Jace, you brought up the Jazz, and that's not like you said, it's not going to happen. But I think that he would make a, a great a great fit in Utah. I think he's a kind of guy who um, not only a veteran leadership, but he still has that mid range post game going on. So I think that he can make a make a make a significant impact anywhere he goes. Um, I think with that being said, we are all set here on the show. Does anyone else have any closing statements? I know you guys have been full of opinions today. 
No, you know, we're all just talking because at the end of the day, they can both take bag, you know, they can both take pay cuts and go start with the nuts. That's so, true. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that would make I it fun. Wouldn't clip it? the league. It is clips for the whole league, man. <laughs> it's already clipped for the whole league. <laughs> <laughs> Still got hope. <laughs> yeah, no, we do. Got all right. Get back. Yeah. Oh, boy. James Harden's playing out of his mind, huh? <laughs> but you know what happens? He'll get to the playoffs and he'll he'll do what James Harden does in the playoffs and he'll disappear. And that's what they're hoping Kevin Durant and Kyrie will be back. That's why Kyrie's been on vacation the last couple of weeks. <laughs> you notice when he got hurt on his birthday? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I'm playing that uh, crazy. I have my sick days on my birthday every year too, so I can't, <laughs> I can't blame. Him. I cannot blame. Him. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. With that being said, um, we'll wrap the show up here. Uh, thanks to Chris for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Um, you yeah, great. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate yeah. it. Always a great no time. Problem. Come back. No we problem. need Celtics fans to beat on. <laughs> oh, man. Anytime. Oh, man. As I'm always, um, to be an all-star. Oh. <laughs> you know what? He will be an all-star. I don't know about a superstar, but he'll be an all-star. And we'll have this conversation again. <laughs> uh, as always, thank you, Jace, um, for doing a – you did your dual role today. You produced and gave your uh, analysts. That's always appreciated. And Isaiah, as always, thank you. Um, and shout-out to Sean. Couldn't be here today. He had some uh, some things going on. Uh in his personal life, nothing too serious. Just couldn't make the show when it wasn't going to be home in time. So we'll see you on Tuesday. We go live every Tuesday and Saturday. Tuesdays we go at 5. Saturdays we go at 1. Today we went at 2. Um, <laughs> one of the two. You'll, you'll, catch us, you'll catch us twice a week. <laughs> just like the page to stay up to date. Right. Like yeah. the page. We post updates on there. And uh, check out all the other great podcasts that Clovercrest has to offer. Uh, for Chris Pagano, King Zay, Big Jace, this has been Lucas Bulldog in the Posting Up Podcast. Hey.